Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Hi, it's Anna. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourselves. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide nine steps to love, nourish, and connect with your body to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Happy New Year, everyone. It is today, as we record this, the 2nd of January, and I am sitting in my home in Bournemouth, and I'm chatting with my wonderful friend, Shay, who's at her home in London, and we're actually reconnecting after my trip to South Africa, and obviously all of the festivities of the Christmas season. So welcome to the show. Thank you. And I have to say, before we get onto this, I have got a bit of a sore throat. So if you hear my voice a little bit raspy, then that is why. I think it's a festive season that is just simply catching up with all of us. And I think that's what we want to kind of talk about today. We don't have any plan for this show. I think it's just a nice time for us to connect. Anna and I have kind of saved our communication for on air. So I'm excited to find out how your trip to South Africa was. Anna, how was it? Yeah, I was actually checking because just before we came on the show today, Shay and I actually have not spoken and I was just going to message her to say, are we podcasting today? Because it's in my calendar and what are we talking about? And then as I was going to WhatsApp to message you, I was like scrolling (laughs) all the way through. I think the last time we messaged was like the middle of December. I know we've had a few little messages maybe through like Instagram just tagging each other and stuff but it hasn't been proper communication so yeah it's been a while so I went to South Africa in on the 11th of December just to spend some time with my family for Christmas I realized I hadn't been back for Christmas since 2015 so that's a really really long time and it was just so nice and uh, 
Yeah, there's something just about being in Africa that still just really touches my heart. I think it is just the bright blue skies, the space, it just all feels so good. Mm, <laughs> that's, mm. that's, that's really what I have to say about that. And it was very interesting because I'm from my hometown, um, which is Grahamstown, which is a small little university town in the Eastern Cape. For those people who don't know very much about South Africa, the Eastern Cape is also one of probably the poorest provinces in South Africa. South Africa has 11 provinces. And so Specifically, Grahamstown, there's been a lot of corruption with the municipality and things just don't work. And I think that's kind of how things are in South Africa anyway, is that things just don't work. Sometimes you have load shedding, you know, where they turn off the electricity for several hours a day and people just get on. Like people are resilient. They just make do. They just get on with things. And it, it is amazing how people just continue with their lives even when things aren't working. But it was quite sad to see when I first arrived in Grahamstown that the Eastern Cape is having a drought at the moment. So everything is just very dry. Even in my mom's house, there's you know cracks in the walls and cracks in the floor tiles because the land has shifted because mm -hmm. the, everything is so dry. So you can kind of see how um, the drought is taking its toll on everything. And there's also been problems with the municipality municipality and corruption and um, this is affecting the water supply in people's homes and yeah like the town is struggling quite a bit and it, it was quite sad to see that when I first arrived I actually even had a little cry because I just felt the sense of sadness for my old home but at the same time it's also just like such a beautiful country and I had so much love for just spending time outdoors and spending time with my family and connecting with nature. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a really, really wonderful time. It, it was mm. hard coming back. Mm. I think that's always about going back to South Africa is that you feel for me, certainly it's like, you feel like you're home. Mm. Whereas London, yes, we have a home here and we are very established and things are good, but when you land, I wouldn't Africa, think of myself home. as established. <laughs> Yeah, but but you know, there's yeah. there's there's roots here to some degree, but flying home is flying home. Um, mm -hmm. But Anna, I wanted to ask you, you've become Auntie Anna, so yes. you met your new little yes. Yeah, so my sister had a baby on the 27th of October, which was the day of the new moon. And I was so stoked about that. I was like, yes, you know, nature did its thing, new moons, new, new moon, new beginnings, and the baby arrived. So that was all perfect. So I got to meet my sister's baby, my niece, who's called Lily. And it was really interesting because my sister and her partner, they run an NGO. They run a music school, which is called Access Music Project, which gives children from disadvantaged backgrounds music tuition where they wouldn't necessarily have had that option in their school. And they really do like such amazing work in the community. You know, some of their students have gone on to do even a master's in nutrition, I mean, not nutrition, in, in music at 
I don't know where the nutrition came from, a master's in music at university. Um, and they're doing incredible work, but they do just work so hard because, you know, 50% of the job, if not more, is actually just seeking the funding. And then they also have to actually do the work of, of teaching the students and, and that is a proper curriculum which they run. So they're usually always working super, super hard all the time. And when I visit, I see them, but we don't spend a huge amount of time together because they're busy or they're exhausted. And because my sister's on maternity leave at the moment, they just had time, which was so nice. So I got to spend so much more time with them in the short space of time that I was there, which was really lovely. And most of that was half the time, you know, with Lily was breastfeeding or, you know, it was, it was very full on actually. And it was a very, very interesting insight into how much motherhood really, really does take from you. And my mom and my sister every year, they cook mince or cook or bake mince pies together. And so it's their little tradition. So they ended up making, oh, that was my stomach grumbling. They ended up making <laughs> <laughs> together. I'm having breakfast after we record this, but they were making the mince pies. And um, my responsibility then was to look after Lily while the mince pie making was happening. You know, so my sister would have a free set of hands and my sister was having a problem with expressing enough breast milk. So she is breastfeeding, but also 50% of the time she's feeding with formula and they do this finger feeding with the syringe. So you put your finger in Lily's mouth and then you syringe, she sucks on your finger as you syringe the formula into her mouth. So I was doing the finger feeding while they were making the mince pies. And I think I fed her 150 milliliters of formula. And it was like, after I had done that, I was like exhausting because you have to do 25 milliliters then you have to pick her up, you have to burp her and then you do it again. And so you do that six times. And after I'd done that, I was like, okay, I just need to go lie in a dark room for a bit. <laughs> just like completely rest. Um, so it was, yeah, it was, it was, it's full on being a mum. And um, to all the mums out there that listen to this podcast, I have you know, so much respect for you because, you know, it's crazy how much time, attention and energy it takes to, to raise a small child. And I'm sure that things change depending on where the child is in their stage of life. But I think with each stage, there's the different responsibilities and different challenges. And it, it was really, really helpful for me to have that insight because I think it, it helps me to work with my clients better when I can understand how much energy this, this is taking from them and how amazing they're doing just to keep things together. Mm. I must say that that came up in one of the, and I think we've spoken about it in the prenatal postnatal episode that we did when I did my pregnancy training or pregnancy yoga training. And this book, what mothers do, especially when it looks like nothing is exactly what you've described because it's that feeling that on paper, it doesn't really look like you're doing that much. You're feeding this baby 150 mils. Like it doesn't seem like it's that much, but there's some level of attunement that's going on. There's like this, an emotional energetic connection. You are making sure that everything is just yeah in a in a sense that can't be felt or, or a sense that can't be tangibly measured or there's nothing physical to represent the work that you've been doing so yeah I love that 
Yeah. And I was actually, I thought about that a lot, you know, cause you've, you've mentioned that before and that was on my mind a lot as I was watching Shiloh, my sister, and then also, you know, being involved a little bit in this process as well. And it just really highlighted to me, I'm so not ready to have kids yet. <laughs> just so <laughs> not ready. <laughs> I'm just trying to get myself well first. Then, yeah. then, I, then I can start to think about another human being. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before you were at your, um, your family, you were stayed with Colleen. Tell yes. us about that. So Colleen is our energy healer. Um, she is the woman I did my Reiki training with. Um, I know that Shay has done lots of work with her as well in the past. Actually, how I met Colleen was through Shay. Um, so I did go and see her in Cape Town for a little bit. And we just, we spent a little bit of time of hanging out. I had some massages from her, did some energy work with her. And yeah, there's always stuff to learn and reflect on when you spend time with Colleen. She is definitely her own crazy person and um, is, I guess, completely unapologetically who she is. And yeah, just the force of nature and a, a powerhouse in terms of the energy she puts out into the world and the work that she does. So it was good to spend some time with her. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So what I know that we, like in the past episodes, we have, or past shows like of crossing over into the new year, we've spoken about landing on a particular theme or a particular word or some kind of concept to guide the year ahead. Do you have any word or theme that is coming up for you for 2020? I'll answer that question, Shay, but I kind of feel like you're interviewing me here. An unplanned interview. <laughs> um, so yeah, so actually, I think I spoke about it in the past few episodes, but at the end of last year, when it was my birthday, um, one of my friends down here in Bournemouth gave me Danielle um, Laporte's Desire Map, which is a book, which is this sort of process of setting goals with soul, as the tagline of the book says, but it's thinking about how you want to feel and then creating actions based on a specific feeling. And so we've actually kind of talked about this a lot before. It sort of overlaps a little bit with the Joe Dispenza work and creating the feeling in your body to manifest what you want in your life. So a lot of these things are just different ways of presenting things which are the same or similar. But from doing that process, I came down to three words. And my three words were expansive, connected, and trusting. And the reason I chose expansive specifically was because I just feel like the word expansive encompasses so much. There were so many other words that were in my short list or long list, depending on which way you want to look at it. But it was words like, you know, like adventure, joy, growth, and all of these different words. I just felt like expansion at the end of the day is, is encompassing the feeling of all of these words. So that was a big one for me. Feeling connected, feeling connected to this sort of, universal energy and as well as connection to self and trust as well. Trust was actually one of my words for 2019 and boy, did I need to rely on that word a lot. And so I'm like, okay, trust, you you did a good job for me in 2019. Let's carry you. Let's take you again for 2020 and make friends with expansion and connection. Mm, Okay. So trust is the through line that's coming through and Mm. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So those are my three words, but I came up with those 
if that was around about, and that was just before we went to South Africa, I finished that desire map process. So I kind of felt like come new year, I got back from South Africa just between Christmas and new year. And then I started teaching yoga again and my body was just so not used to teaching. And I just, it really knocked me back physically and I wasn't feeling so good. And then everybody was like on Facebook sharing how like, amazing their new year's reflections were and how excited they were for 2020 and there i was with you know brain fog and fatigue and body pain just really feeling like shit and everybody was like oh the new year and i felt like really bad that i hadn't i didn't feel all excited about 2020 and i hadn't done any reflection or anything like that and then i was like no hang on i did this like a month ago like my overachiever is already ready for 2020 so yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at right now (laughs) so how about you shay tell us about your christmas yeah it's been very good it's been lots of events and social things and i think that is part of the reason why i've been feeling like a little bit disconnected from everything just with less time to, um, or such as a less prioritization on moving and breathing and creating. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, so it's been a bit of a challenge in that sense. And I've had this like internal backwards and forwards between the drinking and the not drinking and wanting to enjoy myself and not wanting to drink, but do want to drink and all this stuff. And yeah, as you can tell now, I've got like a bit of a cold and a bit of a sore throat and I'm like, Oh, this has just all come up from the behaviors and how I've been living in the past two weeks, I'd say. But yeah, I've settled on in reflection of, of everything. Like I, every year I do it, well, for the past, I'd say maybe five or six years, I've, I do a vision board every single beginning of the year. And I put these vision boards onto this planner that I have and so that I can sit every single day at my desk. And as I was doing this vision planning board, the first image that that came to me was this giant rock. And I'm like, okay, this is like a giant rock, a giant, like huge, big rock. This is what I need. And so I cut out this picture of this giant rock and I have this rock. And as I was doing this vision board, like it became so clear to me that these two words that I have in my line of going forward, and, I, and a much, much of it also is that through line carrying of what felt really resonant for me last year, which was the sense of expansion, as you mentioned. But my two words that I've settled on are magic and <gasps> earth. And oh, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So for me, magic is it's solidifying a belief. Like there's some kind of belief system that really is requiring a little bit of trust when you look at magic and the things like that. Like, how am I going to step into a strong, stronger belief system of this, this magical element? And also it's that, it's that feeling of the unknown. It's the feeling of something that is enchanting, something that's kind of drawing you forward, pulling you forward. Um, something that's a little bit more esoteric, something that's a little bit less tangible, measurable, concrete, and yeah, just this for magic for me is very open. It's very wide. It's very mystical. It's very expansive. It's very, yeah, it's this intangible spirit soul place, which I really feel like it was something that I didn't think about. It was something that I was like, oh, I just know that this is the word for me. And at the same time, earth is the thing that came to me as well. And it's so interesting because earth and magic seem like they are on opposite ends, but earth is really like the manifestation of the magic. Earth is that sense of grounding. It's that sense of stability. It's that sense of home and safety. And actually on Christmas day, I met a woman who's super interesting. She's done so 
many different trainings and it's very much connected to the spirit world and very much connected to all these different modes of healing and really like Right, way, way woo woo out there. And I saw, I met her on Christmas Day and I was just feeling not great. And I could tell as I walked, I was so excited to meet her. Um, as I walked into the room where she was, I felt like there was this barrier in between her and I, like some kind of energetic barrier blockage or something that was between her and I. And I was like, I really want to engage with this person. I want to ask her about her trainings, but there's something that's stuck in between us. And Anyway, everyone's chatting, everyone's chatting. And I wasn't feeling great because we'd had a few drinks on Christmas Eve the night before. And what I've noticed in my relationship to alcohol is that even less alcohol these days is making me feel worse and worse. And so I'm like, oh gosh. And so anyway, I was standing at this Christmas and um, Christmas day and I just like turned around and I was like, oh, like I just don't feel good. And I just put my hands down on my knees, like bending over, like, oh, I don't feel great. And within two seconds, she had stood up, walked over to me and pulled me over to the couch to like lie me down. And we had like this miniature session of like what she does in her work with this, which is very manual. It's a, it's a manual thing. It's called body self-development. And anyway, she did this thing. And then we had this whole conversation. I was like, you know what? When I walked in here, I felt like there was this some kind of blockage between you and I. And I wanted to get near to you and ask you about your trainings, but there was something in the way. And I was like, and this is exactly what it is. Like this, this thing that has happened between us has now opened this uh, channel for us to be able to talk and to be able to have communication about what it is you're exactly doing because here you're doing it right now with me and we're having this conversation. So anyway, um, after that, and I only met her that day and we just kind of hit it off and I knew that this is something that I need to kind of almost like Get, have as a, as a mentor, someone that needs to be in my life in some capacity. So I was, while I was thinking this, she turned to me and she was like, let me give you my number. And I was like, yeah, so that's exactly what I'm thinking. So anyway, since then I have met her for coffee and we've had a whole long in-depth conversation and chat. And the first thing she said to me, she was like, you know what you need? You need, and this is, I'd already done my whole vision board. And the thing that came up for me was this feeling of earth, this giant big rock. And she turned to me and she was like, you know what you need? You need earth. And I was like, well, yes, I know that. And it was just this beautiful synchronistic moment of recognizing or validating what it is that I already know for myself and what I need. And so yeah, that's the two words that I have. And obviously with the set, with rock and earth, it's that sense of trusting because it's stable, it's, it's grounded, it's that sense of placement in yourself, that home. And then on the other end of the spectrum is magic, which is that lightness, the expansion, the joy, the, the beauty in life that is not necessarily understood. Each week, we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or Kombucha and Color, we'll send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. 
You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over 100 pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28-day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or kombucha and color, kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. We've talked about this before on the show a few times, but this idea of yoga means to yoke or to unite, and that we have these appearing contrasting opposites but it's actually how you bring them together which is which is where the magic happens mm, mm, <laughs> so, mm, yeah exactly exactly yeah so what it yeah no I was going to say something that you actually touched on now you were talking about the alcohol and you were saying that less and less is making you feel worse and worse and before we started recording you also said that you're feeling more disconnected than you have in a while. And I said, oh, that would be something that would be good to talk about on the podcast. So did you want to kind of go into that and elaborate on that a little bit more? Yeah, I definitely, and I was just saying to Anna before we got on the, on the, on the call is that I think it is to lot, a lot to do with more of an energetic feeling of myself and more of an energetic embodiment of myself so that I can, it's really nuanced when I can feel like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I feel uncomfortable in myself. I feel like something's not right. It doesn't feel like home. It doesn't feel like safety. And I think before in many years gone past, I may have had like a little inkling of that feeling and then just pushed it down and just had another drink on top of it because it's just easier and that's what everybody else is doing and just push it down because it's easy to push it down. Whereas now this stuff is coming to the surface and I'm like, oh, I'm noticing this and I'm really feeling it like in an, in an exponential way that I haven't felt before. This year I've said to Warren, like, well, now I'm doing a dry January. I probably do. I said to him, I was like, I want to do a whole year of not drinking. I was actually going to ask you if you thought about doing a whole year of not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. And I said to her, and I was like, I'm actually very keen to do a whole year. The one thing that I have been thinking about is whether I want to place that kind of extreme limitation on myself, because from a mindset perspective, I often feel like if you say to yourself, well, that is just something that I'm never allowed and not having, and it's something that I can't touch. It becomes more of this thing that you are curious about and you want, and it's this undercurrent of like drive to have it. So at the moment, I don't feel any desire to whatsoever, but there might be an occasion like a wedding where I might want a glass of champagne or I might want to celebrate with people in that way because that also feels in some ways fun to me. Mm. Um, so, and, and that's, and I think that's, that's the thing Like, what's, what's difficult to, to kind of argue against is the fun aspect of it. Like, yes, you can have fun without alcohol, but there is a different kind of fun that you have with alcohol. And that's just something that is, 
I think it's a truth. I think it's for me, at least right now, it is a truth. Mm. Um, and so the way that I sometimes think about this is that because this has been said, obviously I've got my beat the bloat, which starts on the 6th of January. And part of that is you do commit to giving up the specific foods. It's only 28 days. It's not a whole year, but there is this, when you say this is no longer an option for me, it forces you to become resourceful in finding other options. And so there is this opportunity to allow different parts of you to shine or to grow or to manifest or whatever the the correct languaging around that would be when you give something up completely. But then if I think about myself and if I was to give up alcohol completely, I'm like, yeah, well, no, I could do it. So what's the point? So <laughs> it is like how much growth, how much change is it really going to bring to you to make it worthwhile? Yeah. And I think that's, that's definitely like my experience. Like I, I feel like I could definitely do it. Like, I don't think it's the thing where, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to have a drink. I'm not, and at a social situation, I have to have it. I don't feel like that. And I don't feel that it is that kind of an issue for me. It's more of a want for me mm-hmm. to give it up. It's more of a desire to not feel like this. And I'm more of a desire to have more vitality, to have more um, life, to have more prana, to have more energy, to feel connection to my body, as opposed to just numbing it all with, with booze. And I think that yeah, it's exactly that. It's that pull energy that that makes it an easy thing for me to say that I, I know without a doubt well, I could do three months, six months. I, like I really feel that that's not, I could do it easily, but it's then it's about how can I allow myself if I do want to, because on the other hand, and this is what came up with this woman that I saw is that she's like, you know, as you go down the spiritual path, you feel things more and more. Like it's just part of the reality is like, you just feel the intensity of things more and you feel other people's stuff and you feel everything. And when she explained this, she was like, you know, there's three ways to exist in this world. Like you can exist on the spiritual path and you can recluse yourself from, you can go and live in an ashram. You can go and denounce yourself and be in the mountains and just go and live in that world. And that's part of one of the pathways to this. And I remember feeling after my first yoga teacher training, I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to move to a mountain with all the goats. And like that, I just want to be in the goats and like, I don't want to see anybody. So that's the first way. The second way that's completely like renouncing yourself and being like out of regular society. The second way is that you can recluse yourself. So you can be in society, but you can completely just withdraw into yourself and you kind of make your circle or make your field so limited to I can only do this. I can only do this. I can only meet with these people. I can only, so that you take yourself out of life a little bit or the third way. And she's like, this earth is a place of indulgence. And this is why people come back. And she, I mean, she was speaking a lot more about like kind of past lives and reincarnation, that kind of thing. But it's why people come back and back and back to earth because it's this place of indulgence. And this is why we are on earth to enjoy, to indulge, to be in life, to gratify ourselves, to have this full rich experience. So if you are suddenly limiting this, limiting this, limiting this, cut, 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 like you end up with this very reclusive austere place, which maybe that's what you want, but maybe it's quite lonely, or maybe it's feeling like you are creating all these boundaries and barriers because you don't want to be in regular society. So it was a very interesting perspective on it. And it's, and she's like, she said that she has made a contract with herself and with, you know, her guides and whoever to 
do this work, but still be in the world and still be in this earth and still earn money, still um, have a bill, still indulge, still do things that she likes. And she's really navigated and she's very sure about herself, which is the, the amazing thing is I think when there's surety about who you are, then it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what your behaviors are because you have consciously chosen to do that because you feel a sense of grounding, a sense of earthing, a sense of I am standing and who I am in this. So that is my takeaway from that particularly. And just a really different perspective. And she was also talking about this concept of Taoism, which is when this pendulum swings, sometimes if you've been on one end of the spectrum where it's like you are really, really going all out at the boozing, partying, drinking, alcohol, you know, eating rubbish lifestyle, not, you know, exercising, moving your body. It's like our university is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then, and then sometimes there has to be a pendulum swing all the way to the other side where it's like, okay, I'm absolutely saying absolutely 100% no, not allowed, not an option, not another, you put those extreme limits on yourself and that's for a period. And then it, it finds its way back to this middle ground. It finds its way back to a place where you can be in a place where you feel anchored in yourself. You can have what you like and have what you're not like. But when it's coming from a place that's really true and authentic to you, rather than the limits that you're putting onto yourself through this aspect of your mind that's saying you have to be a certain way. So yeah, that, that that's definitely been my interesting perspective or interesting introspective that I've done on that in the past little while, but definitely as an, and an, where I am now as a, a small little pendulum swing, like I've had this like indulgent Christmas and now I'm like, Oh, I feel so that I want to, it's, it's like, I want to just have a beautiful, like restorative resetting January. I'm doing your gut reset with you guys. So yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I am. And then it'll settle again somewhere in the middle and then be knocked off course for something. And that's life. Yeah, I I love that um, pendulum analogy because I think like I've used that with my clients as well before is that you do have these like massive, oh, just hit the microphone, do have these like massive swings. But then I think as you, as you settle into yourself, those swings just become more, more subtle and smaller and, and then things don't knock you so hard. It's, um, it's not like, oh, I'm all the way over here. Oh no, I'm all the way over there. Now I need to go back all the way there. It's just like, okay, I can feel that shift in balance. Now I'm going to just move over this way. Um, and so on. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's basically a sum total of my Christmas festive season endeavors. Warren has also decided that he's going to do a alcohol-free time. So I don't know how long we'll we'll be on it, but we were at New Year's Day and everyone was having drinks and we were like, no, we're good. So yeah. You we'll could see. do it for three months and then get pregnant and then do another nine and that would be a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's on the cards. So and we'll then, see. And then um, Warren could do like empathetic abstinence while you're pregnant. Empathetic abstinence. Yes. He'll love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll see. Maybe that is on the cards for us. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. So awesome. So any, any messages, announcements, anything you want to make people aware of what's going on in your business with your yoga classes, things like that. Yeah, there's a few things actually. So I have to actually do a little bit more marketing on this, but I'm really excited to be running a Voyage to the Soul um, retreat in April next year. So that's the first big retreat that I have. It's a four-day immersion program and I've been working really hard to make it this really beautiful experience because definitely what I uncovered within myself 
2019 was this really profound sense of empowerment, the sense of taking ownership of myself, my body, and to really step into a place that really feels authentic and aligned and really engaged with life and the work and purposeful in what I'm doing. And I want to be able to allow women to have that experience for themselves, to really embody that sense of purpose, that sense of power, that sense of ownership. And that is what I'm, that is what this whole voyage to the soul is about. There's going to be creative practices and creative exercises that we're doing, plus movement, a lot of breath work, um, and just a whole four day immersion where you can start to shed a few layers where you can strip back the things that are holding you back, like, um, become aware of the obstacles that are stopping you and get a sense of empowerment within yourself. So that is my first retreats, a four-day um, immersion program that I'm running. Um, and that's in April. And then I've got two other retreats at the end of the year. But yeah, I've also got in my vision board that I'm going to be at a yoga festival. So I feel like I'm going to be at a yoga festival and nothing's in stone, nothing's set yet, but I'm going to use the magic and I'm going to ground it into something that is going to happen. So we'll see. Watch the space. Watch the space. That's what's on the cards for now. And I'm excited to join your Beat the Bloat. So do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So we actually did a whole podcast just talking a little bit more about it. If anybody wants some more information, you can go back and listen to that. But um, Beat the Bloat is my 28-day reset plan um, which starts 6th of January so if you're listening to this and you haven't joined you can just go to resetmygut.com forward slash join now there's loads more information there or you can listen to the podcast or, or check out the link in the the show notes for the podcast as well yeah and anything else you want to share yeah, so I this last year was like just just such a weird year for me because I wasn't very well in myself, which definitely impacted my ability to work. And so this year, it's it's really just about stability again, like re really just establishing routines and systems and structures and all of that. So I've got my beat the bloat, which the is earth. January the Earth elements. Yeah, but I'm I'm quite earthy anyway, so I do love a bit of systems and structures. But we've got Beat the Bloat in January. Then this year, the big mix-up is that I'm changing my Grounded Goddess program to six months because the four months was just too short. That's the, the vibe that I've picked up from the previous two rounds that I've run is that the content is incredible. And a lot of the women just really wanted more time to immerse themselves fully in it and give it the, the time that they needed to get the most from it. So the program is now going to be six months long and the first six month round will start in March. And I'm dropping the numbers before I cap the numbers at 20. I'm not capping it at 15 just to create more intimacy within the group. So I am taking applications for that now. It's all on my website. And then there will probably be another round in September. So it'll be a, a March cohort and a September cohort. I've got my Turkey retreat, which is a week-long yoga retreat in Turkey in June. And then apart from that, just um, my regular one-on-one -on -one work with clients who need that deep dive into their health and, you know, some, some support in that regard. Mm -hmm. So that is basically my whole 2020 backed out. Two rounds of Grounded Goddess, one retreat, beat the bloat, and then um, the one-on-one -on -one work as and when I have the capacity to do so with clients. Amazing. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing how your year unfolds from now. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, thank you for chatting to me and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next week. Yeah. Wishing you all a very happy new year and may it be filled with magic and rocks and expansion (laughs) and connection and trust. And trust. (laughs) Thanks very much, guys. Bye. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Kombucha and Colour. If you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today, please leave a five-star review on Stitcher or iTunes. Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Hi, it's Shay here. Take a moment right now to reflect on how you measure a successful day for yourself. For a long time, I measured the success of my day based on the number of Instagram likes or followers I gained, the money I made, or the amount of love or praise I received. Whilst these are wonderful things to desire, using them as a metric of success left me feeling really depleted. It was only after some honest soul searching that I've truly shifted my metrics so that now I define my success on whether I'm able to answer yes to the following three questions. Have I moved my body today? Have I breathed or sat in stillness today? Have I created something today? Move, breathe, create. When I focus on these as measures of a successful day, I am able to really slow down get out of the busyness of my head, back into my body, and manifest things from a really authentic place. What's even crazier is that when I focus on these three things, all the other shiny pennies, the money, the praise, the followers, the likes, they all flow into my life with such ease as a result of me being in an energized, calm, creative, and aligned state. It's completely changed my outlook on life, and it's made me a much happier person. I really want to share all my tools with you so that you too can manifest the things you want in your life from this energized, calm, creative, and aligned state, and feel really happy whilst doing it. Come and join me at movebreathecreate.com, where you will find ways to energize your body and calm your mind, along with creative tutorials and techniques to get you into that creative, manifesting state. Most Yoga Studio monthly memberships cost upwards of £100 a month, and you can join me over at movebreathecreate.com, where you can find not only yoga practices and tutorials, but also workbook downloads, community, meditations, soul work, journal ideas, creative prompts, and inspiration, all for less than £10 a month. It's like your own personal yoga retreat space. Come connect back to your body, mind, and soul with me at movebreathecreate.com. I look forward to seeing you inside of the community.